Our scripture reading, once again, is from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 31, through chapter 13, verse 13. And our sermon title today is, Love is Kind. Love is Kind. This is the Lord's word. <coughs> but earnestly desire the higher gifts. And I will show you still more excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I, I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three. But the greatest of these is love. May the Lord bless us in the reading of his word. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. It's a nice sunny day. I hope that the Lord is uh, giving you strength this morning. I know for me, waking up and seeing the sunshine and being able to breathe warm air uh, kind of gets me going. And it's wonderful to be, to be able to gather here together as God's people, as brothers and sisters in Christ, and to be rejuvenated by his word once again, and to know that his presence and to be in his presence together um, is our joy. For one day when the Lord returns, this is what we'll be doing. But there won't be a preacher, there won't be a praise leader, it'll simply be the angels leading us in song, and it'll be Christ himself in his glory leading us in worship to his Father in heaven. And so we gather here together like this to get a glimpse of that, no matter how partial it may be, for we still feel the weakness of our hearts, don't we? 
we hear the, the weakness, even for myself, of words, of really wanting to express something that's almost inexpressible. And yet we're here, knowing that by God's plan, that this is how he feeds us. This is how he encourages us. This is how he strengthens all of us. As we continue our series on 1 Corinthians 13 and our series on 1 Corinthians as a whole, we're talking about love and what love is and what love is not. Now, love is a very difficult thing for any of us to grasp. And even here, Paul simply gives, of a, gives us a list of what love is and, and what love is not. But we can see and we can understand that no matter how many times we try to unpack each concept, we, we see that the concept of God's love it gets just deeper and deeper and deeper. And in fact, a lot of these co- concepts sort of cross-pollinate and sort of are combined or can be combined in different ways. We can think of love as simply be patient and, ki- patient and kind, but we can also see love as being a patient kind of kindness or a kindful patience. We can see love as being patient in a way that does not boast or a patient that is not irritable. We see that love can, can be sort of put in different ways and expressed in different ways. And so my hope here for this short time that we're talking about love is that God would just give us a glimpse of a myriad of of, of facets of what love can look like. And I pray that the Lord would bless you and encourage you that this one facet that I'm trying to to get across to you would, would ring true. And if not, at at this moment, perhaps in the future. But for us all to understand that no matter how far and deep we go into this idea of love, it's it's never-ending. And our prayer is to understand and to know the depth of God's love forever and ever and ever. And to know the depths of God's love is our prayer It's our journey. It's what God made us to do. For every time we glimpse more of the amazingness of his love, the more we start to understand how much Jesus did for us by dying on that cross. So today I would like to talk about what Paul might mean when he says love is kind. And before we tackle this, I want to recap a little bit of of last week. Last week we learned that love is patient. Now patient can mean a a bunch of things. But the thing that I zeroed in for all of us is that patient means that we are patient towards others, especially our brothers and sisters even if we know that they are living in sin or have sinned, or even if they have sinned against us. 
that we know that in the body of Christ, that perfection will not come until Christ comes. And so there's a loving patience and perseverance for one another to grow, knowing that God himself by his spirit will grow each and every one of us, and that our duty is to walk with one another in loving rebuke, but oftentimes having to wait and pray that God changes that. Patience, perseverance. We are not people who are quick to judge. We're not people who are quick to want others to change according to our timeline. And believe me, there are individuals in this church that you wish they would change like this. And believe me, there are issues in the church uh, universal, whether it's the PCA, whether it's the evangelical church, whether it's the church in the world, that we wish the church would grow quickly. And yet it's our duty not to walk away from them, but to be patient, to love, not to grow inward in our faith, but always to grow outward, to engage in fellowship with one another, and to have the difficult conversations so that your prayers can be more informed for that person. But there's something interesting about patience if we sort of leave it out on an island, and of course we, we never do that. Is that sometimes we can confuse patience with just, excuse this expression, but simply sucking it up. Just be patient. And, and you know what I mean. Not, not to pick on our teachers here, but I, I love our teachers. I love the teachers that teach my kids, but you know, you, you have a parent-teacher conference and, and you know that your kid is not the best kid. And you ask the teacher, well, how is my kid doing? And they sit there with a smile and they go, your child is wonderful. They're great. And you can tell that their patience is more of just, I have to endure this. I have to be careful not to say anything mean, even though that's what I'm thinking. I gotta be careful not to say anything harsh, even though I want to say something harsh. And oftentimes we as men, that's that's how we depict what patience is. Patience is simply just withholding anger, putting your hands in your pants and just uh, curling up your toes or whatever you might do, and just hoping it passes. But if we, even as humans, analyze that carefully, we can never say that's love. We can never say that that person 
loves my kids. We can never say that that person loves the, the people in that situation. We can only say that they were wise enough not to blow up. And so the Lord gives us this other word about love that sort of balances what it means to be patient. He says, love is kind. Love is kind. Kindness is used with the words like tender, humble, meek, and forgiving. There's a difference, is there not, between love being a cold type of patience as opposed to a tender type of patient, a humble type of patience, and a meek type of patience. The former simply is trying to withhold your own anger and doesn't look outward at all but just looks inward but a patience informed by kindness looks outward to engage the person to love the person to serve the person if we look at scripture and we look at how Paul uses this word kindness and how he enjoins the church to express kindness, you could see the words that are surrounded by it. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 19, Paul calls the church to be, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12, he, he again addresses the church and he says to them, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. You see, when God says love is patient, and love is kind. God does not simply want our actions to reflect that, but our hearts and how we move towards the person. That when we have a brother or a sister who is struggling, when we ourselves are struggling, True might these words be if they, if they came to you and said, listen, I know you're struggling. You've been struggling with this for as long as I've known you. I, I love you. I'll be patient with you. And yeah, that's it. Thank you. And walk away. Those words do no one any good. But when you see someone struggling to, to know the Lord, 
and even if they're sort of stuck and in the desert for a while of trying to find God. And even if in their wanderings they have sort of not been the best to you. But in love and perseverance, you walk over with kindness, with compassion, with a strong desire to see God and work in them. You go and have a cup of coffee. You send that nice, nice email or message. And you express your love and your prayers for them. That's the type of kindness that the Lord wants from his people. A tenderheartedness, a softness, a compassion for all people. When I was a younger man, I mean, I'm still pretty young, I think. And I remember asking my, uh, my mentor, what's the best way to sort of confront someone in the body of Christ? I mean, I want to talk to them about a certain issue, and I'm, I don't know how to approach them. And it's been going on for, you know, years. And you know, I'm a typical Asian, you know, just passive aggressive, right? Just what's the, what, there'll be that time where I'll just blow up and, and I feel like I'm coming this close to blowing up. How am I supposed to do this? And he, well, I realized one thing. I was being patient, but I wasn't being loving. And he said to me, if you, if you want to talk with this person, you've got to be very kind about it. Honest, but kind. I go, what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean to be kind? You know, I'm Asian. I could fake the smile <laughs> and then do it. What, what does that mean? And he said to me, you need to go in tears for your brother. I go, wow. That it's not about you being righteous and being able to spill your whatever's on your heart. But you first have to go to the Lord be right with the Lord with your anger and your issues. And then when you see your brother have nothing but longing for them to grow in the Lord, then there's kindness 
in the way you talk with them. Brothers and sisters, we as God's people will always be talking to one another about our faith. We'll always be talking about Jesus and, and how we can grow in such a way that his love consumes our hearts and makes us whole. We will always be seeing sin in one another and, and seeing the, the inclinations of our hearts sort of go towards our, our fleshly appetites for things. We will always see one another sort of drift into complaint. We will always see one another drift into laziness. I mean, it's just, just what happens in this world. But we have confidence in God that we can continually change and become more like Him. But we need one another to love each other. To be patiently kind to one another. This is our baseline. This is what should happen in the body of Christ. This is what we always strive to do as a sort of everyday conversation with one another. This is sort of what we should be talking about if, if the three of us are gathered together for coffee, we're talking about our struggles and, and talking about what, what God is doing, that we're, we're there sharpening one another. It should be so sort of mind-blowing that if someone who did not know Jesus were to sit there, they would listen in and say, what in the world are you guys talking about? This Jesus you're, you're speaking about, this Jesus who, who heals, this Jesus who, who you're, whose love you're trying to understand. I thought being a Christian was just being a good person. Why are we talking all about this all the time? And for the Lord to see in you and in our fellowship the depths of that love. Brothers and sisters, I speak this not as, as someone who wants to see something that can never come to be. I speak this as someone who, who speaks what God has already designed into the church. And for us as a church to continue to live out. Again, this chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, is within the context of the body of Christ. It's in the context of how the church should grow. It's in the context of how the church that's being built together can reflect the love of God to one another and to him and to the peoples of this world. So for us, kind, patience, and perseverance. It's that teacher who might look at my kids and say, you know, Chase, he's a, he's a troublemaker, but I see 
I see what he can be. And then he makes trouble instead of slapping him on the wrist or being vengeful. Well, teachers aren't vengeful. As, you, know, you know, punishing them. That the teacher's heart loves him, kind to him, redirects him. It's us, when we, when we see a situation we don't like, we don't sort of sit there and just brood and just, and just wait till it passes over. But in our hearts we pray, Lord, forgive me for not having the love I should in this situation. This is not a life and death situation. In fact, Lord, you have loved me from life to death. There's nothing I need to fear the situation before me that is bothering me. These people who are just, for some reason, get under my skin. Teach me to see them the way you saw me, as someone who needs kindness. That opportunity to see Jesus. And let me be that instrument. Unless you take your hands out of your pocket and you go and you offer them to buy some bubble tea. Go have a talk. Be kind. Now this passage though goes, just goes beyond sort of our understanding even though the, the, the context is within the body of Christ. First Corinthians 13 and this, this whole concept of love is, 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 can, can, can sort of burst beyond this as well. We need to know that our kindness needs to extend to our neighbors and our enemies as well. It's easy for all of us to, to look at people and see why they do not deserve our kindness. It's really simple when you put a list of, 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 of person and say, okay, let's put the name, let me, uh, what's, what's a good name? Uh, Johan, no one's here, Johan. Put Johan up there. We'll put the list of things that I like, things that I don't like. It's easier to come up with things you don't like than it is to put up down the things you like. It's easier to find reasons not to be kind than it is to put reasons to be kind. And in fact, for most of us, we only need one reason not to be kind. Only one. But God tells us in Scripture, whether it's through the, 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 the parable of the Good Samaritan, whether it's Jesus telling us to, to love our enemies, that our kindness needs to go forth to all people. Whether we deem them deserving of it or not, kindness and love, in fact, can only be expressed to those who don't deserve it. If 
you're kind to someone you like, that's not kindness. That's just doing what you want. But the value of kindness and love is expressed in giving and loving when they do not deserve it. History is replete of Christians making a difference in the world by being kind. Christians were the ones in the early 20th century when influenza was decimating all of Europe. They were the ones who did not hide, not wanting to get sick. They were the ones who took care of people. And many of them died in the process. But it was their love, their kindness towards others that the world remarked, this is a different type of love than we have ever seen. It is this kindness today that even we as Christians, we, we need to go and love despite what differences we may have outside of our faith, despite the differences we may have even with the world. love people to give without thought to self but only to do the will of God will it cost you to be kind to people it will cost you. Because in giving kindness, there will be people who return it with anger. But that's okay. Is it not for us? That's okay. For the love of God is, is all that we have to sustain us. Brothers and sisters, all of this, of being patient with one another, of being kind with one another, I know it all sounds well and good, but the only way that we can express this kindness is to first have received this kindness from God. You will fail at every turn if you try to be kind by your own power and strength. There will be a time where you'll say, this is enough, no more kindness, and you will go ballistic on that person. And that person will look at you and go, what just happened here? Why this anger? There'll be times that you'll, you'll fool yourself and say, I know who Jesus is. And you'll say, you know what? I'm going to go and be loving and kind to this person because God told me to. And you go and you go, hi, I want to be kind. And, and you're kind for a while and, and, and you 
take them off from coffee, and you have good talks, and after about like six months, you're like, I'm burned out, that's it, I'm gone. Have you ever noticed there's no type of term for burnout in the Bible? But the first things are first. It's God's kindness to us. His mercy to us. That when we have received God's love and kindness, we are able to put ourselves aside and be kind to others. Titus 3, verse 4 and 5 says it this way, But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. I remember the the, uh, this might be a silly example, but I remember a kindness that was done to me by a friend when I was in seminary. I never saw a coffee machine before in my life. Okay, I was like 22. Never saw a coffee machine, never owned a coffee machine, just drank coffee from college, but coffee machines back then were still kind of not common um, in people's households. But at the library, there was a coffee machine. I was working at the co- coffee maker, and someone told me to make coffee. I didn't know how to make coffee. So I looked at the machine. I said, this is, I'm, I'm smart, right? I know how to do this. I'll, I'll figure this out. And so um, I put the coffee grounds in the thing without, without a filter. I did filter? What's a filter? Put the coffee grounds in there without the filter. Then I put the water in. I was like, okay, what do I do with the water? And I looked around. And I go, maybe I just pour it right into it. So I started pouring it right in and it just sort of spilled went through, and I put it underneath, and uh, just, just this mess. And then one of the workers, he was a friend of mine, his name was Paul, he was a, we were in a, um, he was older than me, but we started seminary at the same time, he just came by, he looked, he smiled, he just took the, the, the water, and he just sort of poured it out, rinsed it out, um, just um, took the coffee out, put it back in. He just started talking to me. He just put the water in. He put the filter in. And he knew I was watching. And he put the water in. And he started. He was just talking to me. And he just made the coffee. And without verbally saying anything. He knew that I had messed up, but he didn't say anything. He showed me how to make coffee without saying anything. and express kindness. It wasn't time like nowadays where people say, oh, this is a good time to, to have a laugh at someone's expense. This is a good time for us to just joke around. Let's, let's self-deprecate ourselves because that's just what we do in our culture today. Now, this is a time just to show kindness. Our Lord, in many ways, shows kindness to you. All of us are wrestling and struggling with how to live in this world. All of us have sort of put in the background, what are we going to do when when we pass away? What, What happens to us? 
faced with our own mortality. And yet God in his infinite grace shows you kindness. By not coming in judgment today. He shows you kindness. By not showing all of your sins and faults to your eyes at this very moment. But he shows you kindness by bringing about the word of God to you to show you his love at the cross. He shows kindness to you by waiting for you to turn to him. Romans 2 verse 4 puts it this way, Or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that, the good, that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? Brothers and sisters who are here, one of the reasons why many times we don't have to tell you in detail what it means to come back to the Lord and to know God is because you already know. You already know. And God's kindness it's him waiting there for you. To return to him. And I pray all of you will not presume on his kindness, but even today just return to him. And when you see your own life and how gentle and patient and kind God is towards you, for all of us, in every moment, we know we're saved by grace. All of us. We, there, there's no way any of us thinks about God 24 hours a day in a way that honors him. There's no way any of us have only thoughts about his glory all the time. We know that all of us, except for, save for, except for Christ and his love, that all of us would deserve nothing but punishment. And yet we know that his kindness through Jesus sustains us. And if God can be kind to us like that to give us eternal life and eternal satisfaction, what is a bit of kindness to someone who cut in line at the grocery store? 
What is a bit of kindness to someone who, yeah, perhaps addiction plays a role in in his circumstances, but hey, let's, I'll buy you a meal. What is a bit of kindness to a brother or sister who yeah, perhaps I've seen this pattern over and over again, but I have it too. And then together as brothers and sisters, as you share that kindness to one another, <laughs> well, this is what God wants, for that kindness from God to infuse that kindness towards one another that all of us we brought to repentance and faith in our God. This is love. Let the love of Christ dwell richly in all of you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. Lord, we confess, Lord, that we are people who, who fabricate love, Lord God. We make counterfeits of love, Lord. We make patience that really isn't patient. We make kindness that really isn't kind. And we deceive ourselves and deceive others. But what is more, Lord God, we deceive the church and we deceive people who come into the church for they see a love that is like a love of the world a love that is not unconditional but is conditional a love that is self-centered and a love that is not God-centered and so we ask of you Lord to forgive us to help us to turn to you. To first to be loved by you. To be filled by you and your grace and your glory. And in so doing, Lord, to be able, Lord, to, to share that love of Jesus with others, Lord God. Not by our own strength, not by our own power, not by our own desires. Not by, Lord, how we feel when we wake up in the morning. But a love, Lord, that is powered by heaven above and by the Spirit that lives in us. Teach us to do so, Lord God, that only, not, not only will this fellowship here be strengthened, Lord, but that our witness as well to the glory and the perfections of Jesus will be strengthened in this world. We thank you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen.